Hello and welcome to the Right Fight Podcast, a discussion about how to live a loving life. I'm Reg Lloyd, and we're having a conversation with Kenny Vaughn. So Kenny, we are in chapter five of your book. We're talking about the eight things that love is not. We've covered that love is not anger, rude, envious, prideful, unforgiving. And today we're talking about how love is not boastful. Now, you have said that boastfulness is the manifestation of pride. Boastfulness is the manifestation of pride. What do you mean by that? So pride, I think, is the fear projecting strength or it's, the, it's an effort to cover or hide our fears, to make ourselves feel better, um, both, you know, building up of ourselves within ourselves. But I've, I would say there's many times in my own life I've been very prideful, but I, but it wasn't actually easily detected. So it didn't come out. That's right. I, I, I was hiding it. So just meaning that um, I had convinced myself how good I was or whatever it was that I, that I was trying to overcome, that I had that I really began to believe I was better than others at something or in something or because of something or whatever that was. And so within me, that's what I was hanging my hat on. So I was very prideful, and, and, but you would have never known it unless you had cornered me so, so that I had to take a stand for that. Then it would have come out and you'd have seen it. You know, you'd been like, whoa, what was that? Cat's <laughs> out of the bag. Right. Boastfulness, I think, is what I mean by the, by the manifestation of pride is – it's actually an intentional effort to make sure you communicate to other people that that you're better than or you're or whatever it is you know that you feel like you've elevated yourself above or for whatever reason i think what's what's neat about or maybe not neat but what i always find myself doing a lot of thinking about with boastful is like it's like so why are peace people boastful why am i boastful why, why, not, why did I do this and why do I do this? And I think it's always like pride. It's rooted in fear. So it's, it's, it goes back to some broken belief that we weren't enough or we aren't enough and that we weren't or weren't enough or we're not loved maybe because of who we are, meaning that because of what we do or don't accomplish. And so as we move through life, we accomplish something that, so we believe we're not lovable, for example. Then we move through life and we feel like we, we work to accomplish something so that we will be lovable. Then we believe we've accomplished something that makes us lovable. So we boast of it to others, thinking they will love us. And that's all built on this broken belief that, if you accomplish certain things or don't accomplish certain things, that you then become lovable. When the truth is, if you're loved or not loved, it, if you're truly loved or truly not loved, it's never because of what you did or don't do. It's never because of what you accomplish or failed to accomplish. Like if someone truly loves you, it has nothing to do with you. Like they have made, they have made the decision to choose to love you. And if it's real love, it's not dependent upon anything you accomplish or don't accomplish. Mm -hmm. So the lie that we believe that leads to pride that, in, that can also lead to boastfulness is that I need to earn this or become worthy of love. 
And so if we believe that lie, then we have to. And then once we do it, we have to boast of it so that people can understand that they can love us. That's all built on that lie. When the truth is the only thing that heals that, the truth just being that whether or not you're loved has nothing to do with who you are, what you do, what you don't do. It has to do with whether or not a loving person is near you. If they really love you, it has nothing to do with that, right? So, so I'll say, you know, God doesn't love us because of who we are. God loves us because of who He is, mm-hmm. because He is love. So when I do these things, I accomplish these things, then I become boastful of these things. So boastfulness is kind of like, I would say it's a lot like a bandage that we put over a wound that actually infects the wound. It hides the wound, it covers the wound, but it doesn't heal it. And infects it. So the longer we go and the longer we live in this boastfulness, the worse the infection gets, the worse the wound gets. Eventually, all these, all the boastfulness, whatever it is we're using to cover these wounds, eventually they all give out or they go away or something happens and, and it can no longer cover the wound. Then when it's uncovered, what's revealed is not just the original wound, but all the infection from hiding it has caused over all these years. That's when it usually comes way unraveled. So just to give you an example, I'd like to share a story. Most of us have heard of Terrell Owens. And I, I want to preface this by saying I only share this because he's already publicly shared all of this. And I like Terrell. Like, I really do. I like the guy's heart. Um, I didn't like his boastfulness. <laughs> As a player, I was a fan of his, but I was like, man, quit boasting so much. But he was, he was like his stats in the NFL are like, I think he's maybe number two all time in touchdowns and receiving yards. Just if you, if you just go look at what the guy's accomplished in football, it's staggering. It really is. But he was he was always incredibly boastful, and I always wondered what is he, you know, what's he covering up? Because I had kind of learned that boastfulness is some attempt to cover something up. My, but you know, it was never revealed. But he was way over the top. I think he probably hurt a lot of teams that he should have helped because he was so boastful. And, and got himself removed from teams because he was so boastful. And it was, you know, if you ever watched him, I mean, the guy, you know, he, he's a specimen, so he re- rarely wore a shirt. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just everything. He was the best at everything. He, in some ways he was, but in his mind he definitely was. And so that's how he kind of lived out his NFL career, and he did a fantastic job in football. But I always thought, man, if he could, if he could get past that boastfulness, he would be so much better than he even is. You know, I could see, I felt like I could see that. And I always wondered who's going to help this guy get past this. And they probably tried and couldn't. So his NFL career comes to an end, finally. And my thinking is now may be the time we find out what's been hiding all these years. Because in my mind, I'm thinking he's using his career as this bandage to cover up the wound that's actually only infecting it. And that's why, that's what all this boastfulness is. And, and hopefully, He'll survive it because, you know, when you do this for that long and you have a deep-seated wound and you cover it the wrong way for so long and it gets so infected and then you lose, the, lose this bandage to, to hide it anymore, it's, a, it's like everything comes undone at once yeah. and it's, it's, it's not easy to survive, yeah. right? If you can survive it and be humbled, then it can all become beautiful. So he, comes, he gets out of the NFL and then things get go unraveled. I don't remember how long thereafter. And then he comes out and he shares this story. And it just, 
it's hard for me to like right now. It's gonna be hard for me to tell you the story because it's it's just, it's so hard. You know, it blew my mind, and and just knowing that as I was watching that that whole time and thinking, what's he covering? Then to finally see what he was hiding, you could almost justify why he did it, but it didn't help him. It made it worse. But this is what happened. Terrell was born across the street from another family, and until he was ten years old, he didn't know who his dad was, and he lived with his mom. He didn't know much anything about who his father was or any of this good stuff. Well, at the age of 10, he starts liking a, a little girl across the street, having feelings for her, whatever, whatever you have at 10 years old, puppy love, whatever you want to call that, right? He tells his mom about it, and then his mom at that point realized she has to reveal to him that the little girl is actually his sister. And not only is the little girl his sister, all the other kids across the street are his brothers and sisters, and that the little girl's father is his father, and so the man across the street had had an affair with the lady across the street, thus Terrell. Well, now he's 10 years old, and he comes to this awakening. But then, if, and if you listen to the story, it's, it's incredible, but he basically, he wasn't welcome at the kid's house across the street because he was the seed of an affair, I guess, you know, so... And so he had to live across the street from his family and watch them be together when he couldn't. Oh, wow. Right. Like crazy, you know? And then that's his dad. And he can't do anything. So from 10 on, that's his life. Yeah. And so what does he do? He decides he... So what comes from that? What happens there? What happens there is that Terrell feels unworthy of love. He feels unloved because he's not loved, unfortunately, and that, and, and that he doesn't deserve the love. He makes that false conclusion because he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. How would you make any other decision? And so then he decides that he's going to prove he's worthy of love, and he spends his whole life fighting to prove he's worthy. So fear is driving him, but it's also undoing him. Mm-hmm. When the truth was and the child could have never understood this, but, you know, just been so nice that some adult could have helped him understand that the fact that his father was failing to love him, that was true, but it had nothing to do with Terrell. Like, nothing to do with Terrell. It was, that was, that didn't mean he wasn't worthy of love. Didn't mean he didn't deserve love. I mean, I, I guess the truth is none of us are really worthy of love or even deserve it, but that's not why you get loved. You get loved because somebody chooses to love you despite that, and, but because he doesn't know any of these things, and he has that deep-seated wound, which I can't even imagine or fathom or suggest, by the way, that I could have done any better with. You know what I mean? I'm, I might have just—I'm sure I would have—I'd be locked up somewhere maybe, right? But because of those false beliefs, he does that, and he boasts of that, and, and he keeps that hidden, and he goes throughout his career proving— someone else wrong. So with the chip on his shoulder, he's trying to prove to everyone else that he actually is worthy. And, and that's why he boasted. You know, that's, that's where all this boastfulness comes from. So what's my point? My point is just this, that none of us are lovable. None of us are worthy of love, but we're loved anyway. 
And God loves us. And when we understand we're loved, not because we're worthy of it, but despite the fact that we aren't, there's nothing left to boast of except God's love for us. Then we become humbled. And then instead of doing whatever it is we're doing in life to prove everybody else wrong, which is a trap, a trap that it, it never works. In the end, it always comes undone. Instead of doing everything we do to prove everybody else wrong, we, we begin, we understand that we're loved despite the fact we weren't worthy of it. We're so grateful for that. We don't expect anyone else to be worthy of our love. We love them whether they're worthy of it or not. And we don't do it for ourselves so that we're worth loving. We do it for them because we love them. And then we get filled in the process. So it's the loving that actually heals us. And the boasting is a infectious cover we put over a wound. Yeah, and I, I think very few of us have ever considered it that way or have ever drilled down deep enough in the boasting topic to see it from the perspective that you just shared. And I want our listening audience to know that when we come here to a podcast, we don't rehearse this. It's not like we've gone through two or three of these things. This is the first th time that I've heard you talk about boasting in this, in this format. And when I heard that, you telling the Ter Terrell Owens story, uh, it gave me a different perspective on those who are boastful because my typical response is to be repelled by people who publicize their resume or try to look like something they're not or just, you know, uh, publicize their accomplishments. But, but I think what, we, what I can pull away, and probably the listening audience as well, is that when we do come in contact with someone that's boastful, that now we have a deeper level to see that this is probably, not probably, it's a cover-up for something. And it could, give us, it could give us a compassion, you know, a compassion that would be deeper than just, you know, I just want to separate myself, get away from this person as quick as possible, that the loving thing to do would be to look a little deeper. Let's yeah. understand this. Right. That's very insightful for me. Yeah. And, and so guys like Terrell, like all of us, I think we all boast sometimes. We all have wounds. We're all trying to cover them. Um, you know, the world does strange things. It's like the boastful person will either hate them or will embrace them. And if we hate them, it's because we think that um, they – it's because we're actually prideful ourselves and we think that they think they're better than us, and we're so concerned with them thinking they're better than us that we despise them and we want to mock them and knock them down or whatever else. Or we embrace them, and we don't embrace them for their boastfulness or for them even because it's not good for them to be boastful. I think we embrace them because, because they're great, and we want to be close to someone who's greater. We want to say we know someone who's greater. We're pulling for someone who's greater. Or whatever it is, it's, it's, again, it's rooted in this pride. But like you were saying there, if we really love the boastful person, we don't love their boastfulness because their boastfulness is wrecking them. But I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's so hard for me to not be repelled by the boastfulness and just go, man, <laughs> I mean, I do it all the time, unfortunately. But, but, but I'm learning now that though at first I definitely just don't like this person, I'm learning to to stop and go, okay, what's really going on here? Uh, what is the boastfulness about? And, and God, is there any way that I could get close enough to them 
that I could come to understand and know and then maybe reveal some truth in their life that would help them heal, that they would never need, have any need for boasting again. Because boasting is the fruit. It's not the root. It's not like you can just tell somebody quit boasting and they're just going to quit boasting. Yeah. You know, it's like the fruit's coming. You know what I mean? You got to say, why are you boasting? Mm-hmm. Or learn it and get to the root. And if you can introduce some truth, because boastfulness, all fear is built on a false belief, a belief in a lie. But if I believe a lie, it becomes my truth, even though it's not true at all. And that's the, that's the worst trap of all is when, when my truth is actually a lie. So if we can introduce a truth, if you can introduce a truth to me that unravels my lie, I have to wrestle with that. And if in wrestling with that, I realize that my, my, my belief is actually not true and this is the truth, and then I embrace that truth, that's the root, and from that can, will, be, will become this place where I don't even desire to boast any for, anymore. I despise my boasting of myself. Yep. Boast of God and His love. Yeah. So what I take away from just hearing this for the first time is that when I am boastful, it's a window in for me to be able to see that I'm trying to cover up something, trying to gain something. But also when I hear someone boasting, it's a window in to see that it's also a cover up for them as well. And I can have a, a better, more loving response to that person rather than just try to quickly get away as quick as possible right. because it's annoying. That's right. You know, so this was, I, I think this was incredibly insightful, Kenny. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing. Glad. Yeah, and this wraps up another uh, episode for us. Trust God's word no matter what. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.